Welcome to the Arlanders Podcast. Arlanders Podcast is here to shed light on all things business in the outdoors. My name is Jaime Kingston. Yes. And but we, we have, got a special guest. We do, and I'm very another excited. one. Yep, another one. Who do, who do we have today? <laughs> we got Chris uh, Sempic. Yes, sir. Is that how you say your last name, Sem- uh, Sempic? Yeah, you guys got it right the first time around. It's, it's rare these days. <laughs> Chris does uh, wheel design at Raceline and Kansai. Yep. And then. Um, we're going to kind of go through his uh, his story and then um, why it's good to have a good wheel on yep. off-road and all that stuff. So Yeah, so Chris, your, your title is Wheel Design Engineer, correct? That is correct, yeah. Uh, a little bit of the, the, the cosmetic stuff, but a lot of the manufacturing and what goes into the, the back side of the wheel that a lot of people don't always associate with the uh, cosmetic front side fun part you know there's a lot that goes into it that uh, i'd like to share about today definitely that's awesome um yeah and thank you again for taking the time out of your busy day to uh to talk to us of course guys anything to help get the word out and support uh a really cool group like i really enjoy what you guys are trying to do for the off-road community i think it's a really fresh take on uh an activity a lot of people already enjoy but are looking to do it a little bit more responsibly and have more fun with it definitely uh, you're based in Orange County now. At well, Raceline's based in Orange County, but are you from Orange County? I am not. I've I've only been out here about six years. I moved out here from Virginia after a quick uh, stop in the New York City area for another wheel company, and I've been out here ever since January. Man, I think we're going into my seventh year out wow. here in uh, Southern California. Yeah, it's been yeah, a ride, nice. man. Yeah. Uh, what do you prefer so far, Virginia or uh, Southern California? <laughs> uh, definitely Southern California, man. Uh, definitely. It's expensive, but, you know, if, if you use it and you get out and you really enjoy the state, I think it's all worth it. Definitely. Yeah. You're getting into more of like the overland scene with your with your rig now, right? Yeah, yeah. I uh, Right now I have a 07 V8 4Runner. Nice. Um, that I honestly just bought as like a little fill-in. Um, I had a long travel uh, Tacoma before and just dumped way, way too much money into it um, <laughs> and never and got put so much money into it that I actually got scared to use it because I don't want to break something <laughs> and then spend more money. So I was kind of shell-shocked by that. It was like my first like uh, real off-road build uh, after seeing all the cool trucks out here and I really bit the, bit the worm and like went down that rabbit hole of truck building and then I realized this level might not be for me, so mm-hmm. let me sell it while it's in its prime, and then let me grab just an older Forerunner just to kind of get me by while I figure things out. And um, then I just started, you know, you can't leave anything alone for too long, so I just started modifying my Forerunner, <laughs> and uh, now I got lower control arms here sitting in my office from uh, from Dirt King, and I just put some iBox on there, and you know, BFGs. And I got some of our own Kansai uh, off-road wheels that we started doing back in September. And, uh, yeah, now I'm going down a little bit of a field with, with my current car. But uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm definitely keeping it simpler than I, than I did before. Definitely. And it's a good platform, especially the V8. Yeah. The fact that you have a V8 for it. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, it really power. is. And when I was looking, I was like not into the V8. I was like, man, why are there so many of these? I bought it about two years ago. Uh-huh. And uh, everyone just kept telling me like, yeah, no one digs the gas mileage. But man, you can't beat that V8 um, passing people, you know, and, and just uh, <laughs> it's so much power. It's like, actually, one thing I didn't like about my Tacoma is it just it was just gutless, man. Yeah. It, it never let me down, but it just it couldn't get out of its own way. And I, I get that's 
mostly by design. You know, Toyota doesn't want to give you some hot rod truck. They just want you something light and dependable. But, um, you know, I, I wanted something, I always wanted something with a little bit more power. A little bit more power. And I think the V8 4Runner is that perfect mix. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I'm glad you touched on the fact that you have, you're running your own Kansai, or it's Kansai, right? Yeah, Kansai. Yeah. Kansai. Kansai KMPs on your your forerunner now and i'm currently running the kmps yeah. on the f-150 um yeah came, yeah you were one of the first people dude i was i i love i love the wheel it's a, it's so clean from like curb appeal wise great yeah. so far and i'm very I'm, I'm thankful for them yeah we, we love that you're on them too and that they're out and seeing some action with the stuff that you guys do definitely and kingston's currently running uh raceline scouts yeah so yeah I'm yeah raceline side but again it's still no issues and does great. People might not know that they are essentially under the same umbrella of a company, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's all based out of the same building here in the, the headquarters of Raceline uh, slash allied wheel components is, I guess, the further extended arm of the parent company here. But yeah, we're, we're in Garden Grove. We're right by King Shock, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and uh, we've been, they've been doing wheels out of here. I've only been working here about six years, but. They've been doing wheels out here since the '90s, so it's it's really it's a really really cool brand to be a part of. That's awesome. That's a very cool story too. Uh, people don't know that there's so much lineage with Raceline. Yeah, you know they they started off doing steel wheels, um, and even did some really big OE projects back in the '90s, and then has since moved into cast aluminum wheels, which we all know is like definitely the more mainstream standard when it comes to wheel construction these days, <laughs> and. Mm-hmm. You know, even fun off of there, we still do steel wheels right here in our own uh, facility, and we also do like a uh, forged premium two-piece line. It's more of like a more show car and show truck oriented, mm-hmm. oriented, but um, also like a awesome arm of the company that we do right here in house. I've and seen it's those. fun to see wheels wheels come to life. You know, thirty feet from my desk. Yeah, I love yeah. seeing that content you post when you're doing the wheels in house. It's it's such an insane process. Yeah, I've, I've, I've it's been, really really cool. I've been there when they did it, and it's I took some photos too. Uh-huh. It's pretty, it's pretty wild when they heat up the the rim and then they put the face in. Yeah, it's crazy, totally. Yeah. Um. So and we love sharing that process because not a lot of people really see how a, a more premium product gets assembled by hand. You know, it's yeah. a little bit old school and a little bit new school, but you know, um, it's just a really really cool process that we enjoy sharing. That's awesome. Uh, so Chris, when you got into, did you start in the wheel industry or how did you end up in the industry you're currently in right now? Well, I'm an engineer by trade. Um, so I'm a mechanical engineer and I went to school for that. And I always looked for a career that kind of blended my passion for the automotive hobby and the, uh, engineering industry. And there wasn't really a lot going on, uh, back East for that kind of stuff. There's, there's tons of NASCAR teams and, and other stuff. That's just not really like manufacturing related on a grand scale. Mm-hmm. So I would sort of do a lot of freelance work. I sort of like I worked for a suspension company that um, was like sort of in my area and that helped me get my feet wet as far as like designing parts that would get produced or maybe getting familiar with engineering measurements and tolerances. And but I, I'm also very like artistically minded, so I really was looking for something that could uh, blend like 
a, a more design focus, something a little artistic to kind of like, not, not just like some springs that go under your car and mm-hmm. you'll never see them. Like I, I definitely like something that was more creative. Mm-hmm. So on the side, I would, I would always doodle wheels on the same programs. I was doing some, some really uh, intensive engineering on it. It can all be created from the same 3d modeling software. Yep. And I just had a lot of fun making wheels. I'd, I'd post them on my Instagram and um, the early, early days of Instagram, yep. like you know, 2011, 2010, and, and my buddies were all liking them. And I just started, you know, I was very heavily involved with the, the tuner car culture back east. And uh-huh. I would go to a ton of shows and I'd meet other startup brands. And I would just always profess, I was living my uh, love of designing wheels. I would talk to everyone who would lend an ear. So yep. there was a lot of networking and a lot of shows I just, you know, I started selling a few wheel designs to some brands. I didn't even know that was a job. Honestly, I just networked awesome. my way into it just by talking to people. And then, you know, I was hitting up uh, all these different companies. You could just sell the cosmetics or the wheel design. Yep. Um, and they would run off and do all the hard part. But, you know, doing doing some of that for a few years, you know, it was kind of, you know, feast and famine type of work where mm-hmm. it allowed me to make some really awesome contacts and then, eventually going out to SEMA and meeting more manufacturers, you know, uh, trying to just be in the mix of pursuing this career path. And then, you know, uh, I realized a lot of the companies were out West in the California specifically. So, mm-hmm. you know, I start selling a few wheel designs to a few brands and then, you know, Rayfine was one of those brands where I just, you know, they, they liked us so much stuff and we had a really good run and I told them, uh, awesome designs and then you know sure enough it's led to a full-time gig here and i've been here ever since that's amazing because it's it's such a raw story of blending your passion with networking and a work ethic that led you to a full-time position at an amazing brand really oh yeah thank you man i i I really look back romantically on on the chase and and the story and i always like to continue living that passion today and put it into everything i do and it's no longer doing cosmetic stuff anymore I'm, i'm totally diving into wheel engineering and some of the manufacturing we have in house here. And really just, I love I just want to see it from top to bottom, you know, like what, you know, the problems that wheels have and also how wheels can win races. It's all really, really, uh, you know, intriguing to me. So it, it keeps me going every day. Now you brought up another good point right now too, which is winning races, strength of a wheel. Now, when you started, obviously it was the cosmetics, the curb appeal, you know, using your talent on the computer to, to make some really, really cool looking wheels. Once you started getting to more like the off-road side, did, did there have to be a heightened level of strength in those wheels? And was that like kind of a teach yourself once you were, once you were designing these wheels or? Well, you know, thankfully working for a, a big company is very kind of tons of in-house resources and a lot of, um, mentoring that definitely came, uh, Came my way, uh, you know, with some of the guys here, it's been fantastic. And being hands-on with the product, um, seeing, you know, all the technical manuals that are out there for wheel design uh, and engineering from tire associations and, and beyond really helps you get a scope of, like, how you can improve a wheel beyond its curb appeal on the backside. Some of this stuff is really, really boring to the average consumer, but Little do they know, you know, we're just not drawing and, and cutting over here. We're, there's actually a lot of thought that goes into this stuff. And to me, it's fascinating you know, the aspects that you could change on the backside that, you know, like I said, the layman would never, ever notice, but it's actually helping out the, the end result for as far as safety and mm-hmm. performance. It's something that I use to like, you know, build up my toolbox 
uh, with every project and, and every new thing we tackle. And we, we just grow, you know, the wheel industry is old. So, you know, a lot of this stuff is, it's kind of been said and been done, but there's yep. always little tiny ways you can improve that make a huge difference. And, um, yeah, it doesn't always translate to the cosmetics of the wheel. I get that, but if it can be marketed properly and, uh, utilized properly, it's a lot of fun. Kingston, you've probably seen this too. Um, but there seems to be so many like wheel companies out of the blue, you'll have a, a, a company pop up and they have like a selection of like five wheels. Wouldn't you say you need like some type of, like, can you trust those wheels? If you just see a company pop up with like a line of five, what would you look for to yeah. for a proper wheel? Yeah. Well, how, like, how do you, as a consumer trust the wheel beyond just like the curb appeal? How, how do you pick a wheel out yeah. of all the wheels that are available? There's so many that, you know, besides looks, cause like, um, you know, method has like a beadlock thing. Mm hmm but it's not like a beadlocked like wheel mm -hmm. or, you know what I'm saying? The simulated so, beadlock stuff? No, they have like that. Um, it's like called beadlock technology or something. Oh, like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but it's hard to know if, you know, that's like a real thing or not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is there just a lot of marketing that goes into these things, Chris? Oh, absolutely. I think, um, Anytime you see a wheel company or, or any type of automotive product, but the marketing is really how um, you can drive home who the company is, what they're doing, what their intentions are. And, um, you know, it's no secret that in the wheel industry, a lot of stuff can get made overseas and in other places, which is great. It, it's by no means sketchy or, or, you know, the negative connotations of sort of come along with overseas manufacturing, you know, a lot of the OE wheels you see, even on your Camry, even on your, you know, Jeep Cherokee, uh -huh. they're all mass produced in a gigantic factory and they have to in adhere to international safety standards as well as higher and wheel standards. It's just some of these boring books I was talking about. And, <laughs> um, and, you know, there's tons of testing standards to the international, uh, uh, SAE, Standards that they're very strict, and even the factories that are involved with producing mass-producing wheels, they would love to, um, you know, stick to those standards as best they can. Because you know, if they have a failure, it honestly comes back on on the factory, and, and no one wants to get caught with a bad wheel. So, Probably. that's um, a good point. Everyone's pretty much, pretty much, I'd say, on the same page as far as their load ratings and accepting the right lug nuts. And everyone's doing the best they can to make a, a very legitimate wheel that's going to last the life of your vehicle and beyond. So um, I, I'd love to, you know, just sort of bring down the walls a little bit about like, oh, man, so-and-so so wheel company might not be reputable. Um, everyone's building the wheels to the same, um, you know, awesome standards that have been proven for, you know, wheels have been around as long as cars have been along <laughs> around. And so it's tires. Tires have been around before cars were even around. So, yep. um, you know, there's just tons of international guidelines that everyone's trying to stick to. But the big seeing factor when the wheels are marketed and sold is what's that follow up? You know, what is the company going to do to stand behind their products, mm -hmm. educate a consumer, um, market both safely and, you know, make their marketing sexy. But, you know, everyone wants to be high performing and lightweight. But, um, you know, everyone, I think what can help a, a wheel company really differentiate is 
how they service their customers, how they service their products and how they uh, stand behind what they do. I love it. I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's similar with any other brand. You have so many options when you're a consumer. So you end up falling in love with really good marketing, their content, what their message is, if they even respond back to your emails, just like the literally yeah. the basics of running a business, you know? Yeah. It goes a long way. And especially <laughs> in the wheel industry, because, uh, you know, it's not like buying shoes where, you know, you just pick your size and you'll be fine. Like, a wheel choice is a very technical part of your vehicle. So mm-hmm. you'd want to get that right, uh, depending on your goals and what you're trying to do with your car or truck. So um, whatever company gives you the feeling that, hey, these guys got my back and then this brand really speaks to me, yep. um, really just uh, helps the brand live a long and, and healthy life. And that's what we try to do here. You know, there's uh, a lot of... Um, confusion when it comes to a wheel purchase for the, for the average consumer. So whatever you can do to kind of bring those walls down a little bit and, you know, help a customer with their, with their choice. I, I think it really goes a long way and, and sure. helps, uh, even as a marketing tool. Yep. Yeah. I think having knowledge of like being to go to, I mean, I, we've talked about this cause we were trying to figure it out for the truck, but like the offsets and mm-hmm. width and like wheel size, like if like the bell would clear, the caliper like on my yeah. truck particularly it's kind of a foreign it's language it's like you you can't like for like using my truck as a as an example not all 18 inch wheels fit mm-hmm. so you know chris basically helped me figure out that you know obviously the wheel clears yeah. so um and it depends on like a factor of thing you know random things that um get you that perfect kind of like setup. I got lucky with the uh, the KMPs because you guys miraculously just ended up making one for F-150. And I was like, perfect. Yeah. Sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> it works, man. And the vibe was so simple. It, it fit your rig, too, with the simple wheel. And, and totally. your your rig was just so, so tidy and, like, really clean. So I was like, man, that's a cool little uh, combination. Thanks, man. Appreciate yeah. that. Are you guys thinking of expanding um, the off-road section? For say yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like to design one or two uh, more truck wheels uh, cosmetically. The uh, We're doing a 16-inch um, Kansai truck wheel. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the uh, Toyota guys are screaming for a 16-inch, so we pulled the trigger on one of those. Nice. Um, but I think for the for the Kansai line that I, that I manage, I think we're going to focus more on more street and drift applications because it yeah. is more of like a, a Japanese inspired tuner line. But yep. on the race line side of things, we have a ton of things uh, coming out in 2021 that are brand new. And just, uh, I, you know, I'd love to share some stuff on that too. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. would love to hear. Cause I think you're, you designed this whole year, right? Yeah. It's, it's for, I guess every year I've been here, it's been the entire lineup of, besides a few of the high end custom stuff. Um, uh, yeah, I'm definitely involved with all the, the race line truck wheels and passenger car wheels, but amazing. We, can, we can pick the, the truck stuff today. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Is there any kind of focus that you guys have going into 21? Like it seems like a lot of people are kind of going into the, they're feeling the beadlock, like the real beadlock kind of sense, but I know mm-hmm. that's not the best choice for everyone. That's true. I, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, when everyone hears off-road wheel, they, you know, a lot of people kind of, their mind goes to be like, I need it. I, I got to have it. I'm off-roading. I need to be that, that That's all me. But, um, you know, a lot of, like I said earlier, what we try to do here is, is get people into the right choice for their vehicle. And, 
we're already talking about wheels being a very technical purchase for your vehicle. If mm-hmm. you go B block, I mean, that is the most technical um, uh, <laughs> aspect of your vehicle at that point. So, yeah. um, you know, a lot of people need them, you know, which is fantastic. And these guys know they need them, but there's a lot of people who say, Hey, my buddy has these, I need them. And then we like to ask the right questions and help them get into really what they what their uh, best choice can be for the activities or the type of wheeling they're into. Nice. That's a, that's a really good point. Cause I think people just, um, see their, their, their friends or their influence you know? to just buy whatever seems like cool at the moment, but that's, that might not be the most beneficial for them. It, I mean, it, sure. it might not. Yeah. I, I, it's like, I want beadlocks, but <laughs> I don't need beadlocks. No, the maintenance <laughs> on those is a lot. Why wouldn't I need a beadlock or why would I? Yeah, what air pressures do you like to run out there? So the lowest I've ever gone is 15. Okay. And uh, you, we probably wouldn't advise you for a beadlock. Yeah. So that, see, that's, yeah. that's yeah. what I figured because it's like I don't a, know. a regular wheel with regular, you know, uh, bead seat configuration. And when I say bead seat, I mean the little humps that hold your tire uh, at its proper width when properly inflated. Most of the time, now, you know, I'm not going to get too specific, but I'll just generalize this versus simple, simplification purposes. You know, uh, a regular wheel could probably handle, you know, 12 to 15 PSI, depending on the tire and how long you run it, because obviously not a lot of tires like to be at 12 PSI for, mm-hmm. you know, 400-mile yeah. road trip. That's probably not ideal. From a wheel standpoint, um, I will share this general information that unless you want to run eight, 10 PSI or um, somewhere in between 10 and 15, and you're doing some really gnarly stuff that you, you know, you could flop a bead off. And when I say flop a bead off, it's usually the front bead of the tire, the street facing tire. That thing can flop right off Mm -hmm. if you're doing something really gnarly. But, um, a lot of the guys, when I will be explaining this to them, like, well, what air pressure are you running? What type of wheeling are you into? Where are you going? Have you ever debated something? You know, have you ever been in a situation where you debated and said, damn, I needed to, I needed to get that bead clamp down. If all these questions usually come back with a no, then we kind of can, you know, determine like, well, you've been all right. You know, you've been all right on what you're doing. Yep. If you're not going to push it even further with your truck or your hobby, then, you know, you're, you're okay with these wheels. And that's why simulated beadlock became so popular. Because if they just want the appearance of it, then you have yeah. the simulated beadlock. I think the, the appearance of is a is a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think the 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 bead ring, the the interchangeability of it. it that's why I think most people kind of um, get attracted to it because it's like you can change it out and be like. I got a machined one or a black yeah. one, and it's kind of like a customization type thing. Um, but it is, but and I they guess. make beauty rings on some lines of wheels, race lines. It's not, but there are even simulated beadlocks, and you can even have a plastic or metal interchangeable cosmetic ring that gets bolted on, has no functionality to even clamping a tire bead down, mm-hmm, but it yeah. can still act like and give you that that look, and it it can look pretty real in, in some instances, but yep. um. A lot of what we do with race line in some of our street styles is a casted in ring. It's, a, it's all one piece. It's a you know, beadlock is commonly two pieces with a handful of bolts. But, you know, we've, a lot of wheels brands, not just race line, have figured out you can just cast a ring 
into the front side of the wheel and put some a lot shorter bolts in there so you don't have all that excess weight. And uh, you can give that same look. And if you want to tape it off and take the bolts out and spray it a different color yourself when you get home, I mean, more power to you. But at least there's an option to give you that look and um, keep things super simple for you on a maintenance standpoint. Interesting. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Chris, I remember the first time yeah. you and I sat down and met, we were talking wheel design and trends. And what I saw was it went from machined to black to bronze gold. Now it's kind of tinkering between those three. But do you, yeah. from a design aspect, are you seeing an, an upcoming trend that we can look out for? Man, if, if I knew the hottest, newest trend, I, I wouldn't share it on a podcast <laughs> yeah. where Method is listening. I was like, but, nah, he's um, not going to tell me. Because well, like, they already designed their line. Yeah, I'm just, I don't want to give out too I'm much. curious. I'm curious. I think I've been talking to you. Like, It'd be fun to see some like colored wheels, like some white wheels. You know, Raceline's tried some stuff out with some gunmetal wheels uh, with some black accents. They look pretty cool. Um, if, if there's some really cool ways to pull off a two-tone look with some with some dark contrasting colors it, it could could be kind of cool but yeah. i think black wheels are here to stay mm-hmm. you know they're just so easy oh, it, it looks sure. so tough i mean I, even on street cars i'm just a sucker for black wheels myself yep yeah um but you know chrome is still floating around out there i know it sounds crazy um uh but you know machine finishes are also super cool oh, um they are give that's... you a little bit more pop that's my uh, that's my number switch. one. <laughs> Do you want to switch off complaint? Machined wheels, like give me more eighteen inch machined wheels, please. There's a def- <laughs> the de- machine, yeah. Machine wheels are cool. They're kind of like an old school vibe. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a bright. It's cool to see a bright looking wheel, and you know, so Raceline has a few options like that. We we make our Defender wheel. We just re- yep. relaunched it in a uh, machined as casted finish, and it pops. And it, we we the call volume has been just tremendous on it. People are, are really uh, buzzing over a machined option from us. Yep, but that, you need 18s. <laughs> Kingston wants his. We're machine. working on it, man. <laughs> I know. Get together so, a group buy and we'll do it. Yeah, it's actually a very oh, should, good point. I should do that. Well, how I many think, do you need for a group buy? Like we've done small runs and collabs with with other shops before. So if it's something you guys want to talk about, I mean, we could collab on marketing and other cool stuff and really make it a package deal. Could be really cool. I know. Oh, I'm okay. still waiting for us to drop that easy supplies collab that we're we're working on. But you guys are just so busy over there. Come we're on slammed man it's it's we gotta wear a lot of hats being a you know small medium-sized business but that's where the fun comes in you know yeah totally yeah we get to do fun stuff and and go cool places over here and we we just we enjoy all all those aspects of of where we're at you're self-taught with wheel design or did you study it in like some type of uh college or trade school with wheel design specifically yeah definitely i i lean on my artistic uh sort of uh, side of the brain for that. But no, as far as this official training, it would just be my uh, engineering degree from DCU back in uh, back East. And that was just mechanical design and, and you know, or not really much uh, a CAD software. We had a few CAD classes mm-hmm. where we did some 3D modeling and I, I really took to that. So I, I just bought my own license after college and then, um, you know, self-taught and took a lot of freelance gigs to sort of fund, uh, you know, my knowledge and um, really just, keep, you know, tons of YouTube videos on, on SolidWorks. But I will always be an advocate for the SolidWorks programming. Totally. It's, it's the best. super, if, if any um, engineers listening, you know, it's, there's some fierce camps out there as far as CAD modeling softwares go, but 
I'm, I'm team follow works and I'm, I'm sticking to it. And it's just amazing what you can produce with a software like that. Yeah. That's what we're using for the V2 is solid works. Um, and yeah. our designer, like we have an engineer that's helping us out with it. And just the amount of detail and design that he can show me is amazing, dude. That's pretty cool. It's really cool. They have some awesome options for like sharing 3D files with someone who might not even have CAD. I could like show you, you know, <laughs> exactly. you look at it on your phone and spinning around. It's, it's, it's the future, man. It's really been fun to see where CAD has gone. Yeah. Well, I think, I think for the listeners that you bring us such a good point, um, just for your own story, which is you followed your passion for wheel design you networked extremely well and you saw it through and you ended up working in an industry, you know, that some might find hard to get into, but you made it work with talent, hard work and, and perseverance really, you know, sounds cheesy, but oh, it's true. Thank you, man. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, try to live it, man. You, you won't see me posting any inspirational quotes or, or memes <laughs> on, on Instagram. I don't know if I'd follow uh, you if you started doing that stuff. Dude. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I always like to just say like, Hey, just, just just live it you know you don't you don't have to advertise it or, or post wolf of wall street memes about you know waking up at, at you know you just you just got to do it man if it's, if it's written on your bones just get out and do it and people will pick up on that love it yeah um well we you guys did make a code for easy followers but i'll hit you up on an email but if anyone wants free shipping on kansai or raceline yep. uh just enter code our landers that's one word, our landers. Absolutely. I'll, I'll create it right now. Perfect. All right. So if you're a listener, our landers code, you can check out on Raceline or um, let me give you the other one. So it's racelinewheels.com or consiwheels.com. Um, yep. Free shipping. Use that. Yeah. And it's, it's do you guys do on Will Call? Because so, we have probably have mostly SoCal yep. listeners. We got a lot. Yeah, we, we got a full will call uh, bay right here in, in Garden Grove, and just we just ask that you give us a heads up before you show up. So we can have your order ready for you. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're a big place. Um, yeah. We're about almost a hundred thousand square feet here, so it might take a while to, to yank your order if you just pop up on us. But we'll work with you, man. We, we have a showroom, and if you want me to talk your ear off about wheels, you know you can always come by my office. <laughs> we'll go it. through the tire book. We'll go through the tire and rim book together. Yeah, that's, I'll show you some stuff. That's a rabbit hole. Well, tell tell Rhett I said hello. Yeah, and, uh, we got to get him on I the will. podcast next. Yeah, I, I will. He's right next door to me here. I'll I'll, uh, I'll pre run him on what we what we chatted about. <laughs> and he could really talk about all the fun stuff Raceline's got oh, going yeah. for uh, marketing this year. It's, it's really going to be a big year for Raceline for. You know, I think we're finally starting to see the end of the, the tunnel on some of the some of the COVID stuff, mm-hmm. and we'll be able to get back out there and just really get to be with our, our customers and fans alike. Back to the yeah, community. For sure. Well, cool. thank you, Chris. Yeah, um, again, you. appreciate you taking the time out. Again, our landers check out, and that code will be live by the end of this podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. And let us know if you need anything. You can always call Race Fine or Conse if you have a technical question about wheels or fitment or getting your truck dialed in we're car guys here too on the race line and the concept side so don't be afraid to call if you don't even know what offset means that's okay call us we'll help you you know work it out yeah hell yeah we'll talk to you soon man yeah thank you all right thank you guys man it was a pleasure